welcome back to this week's episode of Tuesday Tips with Rider Realty. I'm here with Esther Ryder. Our episode today is We Convinced You, Now What? So on the last episode, we talked about if you were deciding to be a real estate agent and if we convinced you, here's how you get your license. I got my license, my classes. I remember they had like a career night thing and I had already decided what office I was going to go to. So I didn't go to the career thing. But what I knew from some research is that you basically pick what office you want to go to and you're kind of interviewing them mm-hmm. because realtors are independent contractors. So the brokerage who has you, who you work for, they have very few expenses for you. So, you know, everybody is just a warm body and we'll see who produces kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So when you go in, it's more that you're interviewing the brokerage rather than them interviewing you. Yes. So I had, I think, three companies that I was interested in working for in the county that I lived in. And at that time, most of the brokerages, so 16 years ago, most of them were not like chain or corporate. They were more what you call mom and pop. And so I had three. And the first one I was going to go to just by fluke that he was the first one I scheduled was Hal Frank's Realty. He had been around like before I was even born. I always knew that company was there. And when I went to go to his office, he was so kind. Some of the ways we make major decisions in our life, like just blow me away, but he was so kind and he helped me take off my coat and put it on. And I thought, what a gentleman, this is what I, this is who I want to work for. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. Now he could have been a mass murderer and just had good manners. I don't know. I guess I got lucky or he could have been like, you know, a slimy, not ethical person who was stealing money from people, whatever, who knows, but he was just such a kind person. And he really was. Everyone loved working for him and his wife was super nice. And, and that's how I picked where I went. When I started, teams weren't really a thing. You might have like a partnership where maybe two people kind of worked together or husband and wife working together. I didn't know anybody who was selling who was a team per se, as you see now with sellers, agents mm-hmm. and buyers agents. So let's talk a little bit about what a team agency is. And for the record, here at Rider Realty, we don't work as a team. We work together in like group texts and things like that, but we're all each an individual agent. Mm -hmm. Tell them a little bit of how the team is set up. Well, I think the one thing to mention is why we don't do teams at Rider Realty. Mm -hmm. So we have a great chemistry between our agents. Like we have fun together. For the most part, I would say we're more of a virtual office because our agents are kind of spread out, but we do have fun together. When we do get together, like you're saying, we do have group texts of like, you know, I remember seeing, oh gosh, probably a month ago, a very, very, I'm going to use the word inappropriate MLS remarks on the way this lady marketed her house. And I'm like, am I actually reading this? Is this what it says? And I told my husband and I immediately sent out a group email to show all of you guys because it was just like blowing my mind, kind of funny, but kind of not. And yeah. so we just like giggled and laughed about it. And it was, I just kept laughing as I'm reading your guys' emails. So we do have, we're individual agents that enjoy working together. Yeah. But when you're an individual agent, then I wanted my agents to be able to promote themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their name is out there, their face is out there to help their own business. Mm-hmm. And they're able to work with whomever they want, sellers, buyers, whatever. And we have the option to market how we want to as little or as much as we personally want to, but that's Mm -hmm. up to each individual agent. 
Right. So some agents are much more busier than others and, you know, work more hours and that's their, their choice them to be able to promote themselves under the umbrella of our company versus them, their face or name never really being known because they're under the umbrella of another realtor. So that was how I set the company up when we started it on the team approach. The reason a lot of people like that is because I think they feel security that there's, there's, you know, they're under another agent. And so their name isn't advertised. That may, so it'd be like me, if I was the main agent and Caitlin, you were on my team, everything is shows up my name, my name, my face, my face everywhere. And in the, the team agent underneath of you picks one, either only working with sellers or right. only working with buyers. Right. That's how I would say 99% of them are set up. And so I guess the positive to that would be if you're under me or you're under my umbrella and you're one of my buyer's agents and you know, I'm going to send you buyer leads. And I think maybe some people like the security of that. I just can't imagine doing what we do and working as hard as we work. And then you're in it 10 years and no one knows your name because your name is on no document no sign, no anything. And you are, you know, not being able to promote yourself. And then you're always in the grind of working with only sellers or only buyers. Both have their challenges for sure, but both have their positives of getting to experience both of those sides. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, clearly we are much more of the individual concepts at our office and I trying to be neutral as I say this, but I feel like I'm not, but it really is up to whatever you as an agent would decide those are your two, you know, those are for the most part, those are your two options. And, you know, it's just whatever, whatever you prefer. Maybe some people want to be more, like I said, have that security of somebody else there and that's fine too. But that's kind of how those two scenarios work. I think the good part about studying that in advance and kind of knowing which one you want to do is that when you go to those career nights or whatever, I'm assuming they're virtual now. I know when you and I would have been in classes, it would have been an in-person scenario. Yeah. Every company is there telling you how great they are, how amazing they are, the great things about them. So if you don't know what you want in advance, and that could be everything from, you know, whether you're a team agent or an individual to what the office offers you, anything, if you don't know in advance what's important to you, you're going to be marketed to just like any commercial you would see on TV. Yeah. And I think that would make it to me, I didn't even have to deal with that part because I had already chosen what I wanted. Yes. And also when you're, when you sign up to take your license and you're studying, it's almost better to know that ahead of time so that you're saying, Oh, I'm just going to be a buyer's agent. I want to definitely soak in every little detail I can on my courses about buyers. Sure. So because that's it your just focus. Helps you mm-hmm. studying from the start. So I agree that you should have that planned out ahead of time. Yeah. Before you. Well, and your expenses are going to look different. So, you know, if you're under a team person, I mean, every team is different. I've not been under a team, so I don't know for sure, but they may cover more of your expenses, which might make it more appealing. I know one friend of mine who's had a team for ever before that was really even a thing. Like she pays for, you know, all of their MLS dues and things like that because they're all under her name. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're an individual, most likely those are some things that you're going to pay on your own. So if you, you know, if, if that's important to you, then that would be, again, one of those things like you're saying that you cover in advance before you pick where you want to be and then you know what to study. Yeah. So after you get an idea of what avenue you want to take on that, 
you sign up to take your license. I personally use Hondros, mm-hmm. um, and I did my classes 100% online at my own pace whenever I wanted to, when my child was napping, 2 a.m., 3 p.m., all the whatever I wanted. You took yours in class, right? Yes. So when I did this in 2000, well, I started in January 2005, you could only take them in a classroom. Mm-hmm. They didn't give you the option of online, and that was a state Thing that wasn't the Honduras as well. I know they have campuses all over. So ours was like, I forget. It was options. So you could take all day, every day for three weeks, Monday through Thursday, which is what I did. You could do like, you know, just weekends or X amount of nights a week, which would drag it out. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to get it done as soon as possible to get started. And I also know how I study and how I work. And if I spread it out over six months and it was new material I wasn't familiar with, I was very much likely to stress out about that and also forget about it. Just like you were saying that you did yours online. I do not do well online. I have to be in a classroom. Even to this day, I would still pick the in-class version. And so part of that now, because you do have options, is knowing how you learn better. Mm-hmm. So when I did it, it was Monday through Thursday. I think it was like 8.30 to 5.30. And it was very structured. So if you missed Tuesday, week two, you didn't get there until 11 o'clock, you had to come, you had to wait until another session, go Tuesday, week two, and stay until 11 o'clock. Or, and then you could leave. Like you literally had to make up the exact dates and times of what you had missed. I love the flexibility that like, you know, you had to be able to do it, like mm-hmm. you said, wherever, whenever. I would just caution people to know how you learn. You do very well online yeah. and learn very well. I do not. And I don't think it's an age thing, even though I'm a lot older than you, because mm-hmm. my husband learns very well online, you know, and we're the same age. I think it's a personality thing and maybe a learning style. So whether you learn one way or the other better, don't feel bad. Just be aware of that and go that route. And I do believe that Hondros does offer like a mixed one too, Mm -hmm. where you can start doing it online. Then if you're struggling, go to a campus and do it in person too. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me. I think so too, but that would be good to find out like what your options are that way. Okay. So then you, I think there's like four modules that you do through Hondros. And then when you're done with that, then you have to start prepping to take the actual state exam where we went to school, gave you like an actual course that helped you with that and doing the practice test. And, and I skipped questions. that. You I skipped it. No, I did not want to sit there for eight hours with a textbook and go over these questions. I wanted to learn. I knew I would just that's too long for me. I would have just blocked it out. So I only did the study questions on the computer. Yes. Well, like where it brings up class. Yeah. Where yeah. it brings it. But, and again, this is where you have to know how many hours you need to put in. So my mm-hmm. husband hardly messed with it and passed it the first time. I literally studied those test questions in my flashcards eight hours a day for like a couple weeks, eight hours a day. He's like, that's a little excessive, but I needed that to feel like I was learning and to feel comfortable. So some people, you know, maybe they know the material, maybe they're just more relaxed than, than me. They're not a nervous type person about tests, then they can do it differently. But again, I think knowing your test taking style makes a big difference in that oh, yeah. as well. Absolutely. And don't underestimate it as well as you think you know it, because if you go and take your test and you fail, they charge you every time to retake that test, plus the delay of 
you know, not being able to make that money. Yeah, and you have to so. re- reapply. You have to wait so long each time, I think, in between them to reapply. I don't know. I don't remember that, but I just remember yeah. that, yeah, you have to pay for it. So make sure that you do, you know, study. And also, before you take your exam, you have to already be signed up with a brokerage. Correct. Before you're even eligible to take that exam. So that's why you also should have that ahead of time because you have to take them or you have to sign up before you take that test. Well, and that's why... I think they have those like job fair things at mm-hmm. the camp at the campus because they know that you have to know that. So you don't have, you know, if you're thinking, I have no idea where I want to go. I just know I want to do this because mm-hmm. Rider Realty Podcast convinced me, then go start taking your classes. Just know that you have to have your broker of the company you do choose sign before. Yeah. Before yeah. you take the test. Like when your kids are in school and you, I'm sure you've heard people complain that all, sometimes it feels like they're just learning to pass the test, to pass their state yes. test. It is the same way in real estate. Mm-hmm. You will see questions that you will never see again, never have to know, never come across ever. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you are aware of that in the sense that Yes, you are, when you pass your test, you're officially a licensed agent, but make sure that you never stop learning because that's just saying you have the paper, you know, it's like most, I think any degree or classes you take, whether it's an exam or not, Mm -hmm. even if you're going to real life material, once you are actually in it, it's can be a little different yeah. being in whatever your, that is. You have your paper or your license on paper, but you need your mm-hmm. license and real experience too, which is why it's super important to interview that broker ahead of time and make sure you're going somewhere that's going to offer support, offer training, mm-hmm. offer their expertise to you, or else you are going to be on an island by yourself and they're going to say, figure it out. Well, and here's the other important thing, and this is what aggravates me. I know so, and when I say this, I, I know there are, you know, companies that are national, I'm not referring to the whole national companies. I'm just referring to what I see in our tri-county area. But mm-hmm. just because they say they offer training and just because they have corporate manuals that they offer training mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's good or it's that be, they are hel- it's helpful. Yes. And it's not going to be personalized or tailored to what you need and what your market is, what you are trying to project to your clients. And if it is tailored to your specific market, you're probably paying for it. So some companies will have, you know, mentor system and stuff, but they're charging you for that, or they may be charging you for that. So just get down to the nitty gritty, however you need to do that, whether you interview other agents who work there or whatever, and find out if what they're promoting that they offer is as good as it is. In some places it is going to be, and some places it's not. But, you know, just look into that a little more if that's important to you. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So after you pass that test, after you sign up with your brokerage, that's it. You're a real estate agent. So, you know, easy peasy. Yeah. Anybody can do it. (laughs) I remember when I started, they said, they actually said it in our real estate classes. They said, it's going to be, what did they say? Like, up to six months or something like that before you probably make any money. Yeah, really, you should expect to like actually start. Yeah, solid income that is consistent. Mm-hmm. And so, just be aware that it could happen the first day. You know, it might not. But like we talked about before with finances, if you want to be a realtor, make sure that you understand that you're not paid every you know week. Again, just a reminder of that. That. You, it may happen right away. It may not. Just keep 
plugging away and doing what you're, you're learning and follow the guidance of somebody who wants to help you because it's not always easy peasy. And there is no, it's not. I don't want to say it's probably never even a good deal. Someone's going to have, you know, it's not like you just show up and they sign and then it closes. Like they're going to have questions and, and that's all fine and good. And that's what we love helping people. So that's what we want to make sure you know, is just make sure that you're hooked into a company that has what you are looking for and can offer you what you want. And also keep in mind that there is like a stat that it's 87% of all agents fail within the first five years. So just know that you do have to be like committed to it and, and it's up to you. You don't have to be that 87%, but it is something that a lot of people do and get into because they think it is easy money, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and fast money, quote unquote, and it's not what they expected. Or be. it looks fun or they think they can just work whenever they want to and be flexible. All the things we kind of talked about. I think we hit on a lot yeah. of those before. So yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So that's very good, Caitlin. I didn't realize it was eighty-seven percent. I just googled it. Oh, very good. Because I knew the hot number was high, but I mm-hmm. wanted to be for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Tuesday Tips with Rider Realty. If you are looking to become an agent, email us, contact us on our Facebook page. We're happy to help you. And if you need any other real estate needs, we're always here for you. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye.